Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Michael Yu. This is Steve, Kim, the other host. <laughs> and Josh Lowell. And this is an experiment. We're we're just going at we're just going after it. Uh, you know, it's our first podcast. Uh, we thought that we would, uh, you know, have a little bit of an experiment, have some fun, and uh, just introduce some different concepts. But I think it's always helpful to just get to understand who uh, the people of the podcast are. So uh, why don't we start with Steve? Why don't you uh, share a little bit about your background and uh, how you got into ministry? Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not in ministry anymore, but right. I think. Um, man, this is going to take a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Long time is good. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I graduated uh, with a psychology degree at Western mm-hmm. University, and then I went to California, and then went to seminary. I, feel, I just felt like I had a calling to do ministry, whatever form that looked like. And then I obviously, I mean, if you want to do ministry, you got to be a pastor, so, I mean, people call me pastor, but I still don't feel like I was ever a pastor. So that's a whole different topic. Right. But, um, so I, f- I try to fill that lane, you know, just kind of like just climbing the ladder. This is what you do. So I came to Vancouver, uh, worked at a church, then planted a church 2001. So, um, yeah, after 17 years, it just felt like, yeah, this is not my this is not my jam. I know that's saying that ages me. I'm old. <laughs> my my kids are like, don't say that, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> my it's kids. The bee's are, knees. <laughs> I know. Sorry, man. My kids are. Yeah. I'm old. Uh, they're my kids are 22 and 19 now. So, but after 17 years, 17 and a half years, I just decided this is this is not for me right now, and it doesn't mean that I I was giving up my call or a quote-unquote quote-unquote call to ministry or whatever but not in that lane not that way and so I wanted to do something like different but I'm kind of like in that neutral zone right now yeah you know there's a you know William Bridges I don't want to go all academic on you okay. but William Bridges like I also got a degree in organizational kind of like quote-unquote leadership organizational psych but right. there's this guy William Bridges he talks about like ending something to go into a neutral zone mm-hmm. to go into a new beginning right so like Moses coming out of Egypt the desert is the neutral zone and the mm-hmm. promised land is the new beginning I'm still in the neutral zone right now trying to discover uh, what my next step is what my promised land is mm-hmm. but in the neutral zone you got to eat man you gotta, you gotta send your two kids to UBC. So. Right. <laughs> so you're doing some teaching right now, right? So I, I teach yeah. at Trinity right now. Right. Uh, it's supposed to be part time, but um, I don't know. I'm just keep giving me classes. So I, mm. I'm teaching four right now, intensives, wow. and then I'm, I teach six in the fall. Six what, classes. What classes are you teaching at Trinity? I teach uh, leading change, which is change management for organizations. I also teach leadership issues, leadership. I also teach team, team leadership. Mm-hmm. I also sometimes teach Christian perspectives. Uh, so, so a lot of like, um, like commerce and business oriented kind of. Yeah, yeah. nothing to do with faith. It's right. more like organizational management, leadership. Mm-hmm. I also do some consulting and coaching. And, right. And then 
kind of blends in all those things blend together mm-hmm. but it's still it's still my neutral zone right now i'm still in the i'm still in the desert yeah waiting for my next so maybe this you, is it man maybe this is a podcast <laughs> podcast is my promised land yeah <laughs> well, we'll new see. frontiers yeah it's a new frontier and yeah. i think you know this is a great uh, way to kind of explore uh, you know uh, i came to know steve through uh through new joy church the church he planted in 2001 i guess right um so I started there in uh, 2013, um, and it was uh, my first introduction, like my first real introduction to God and to uh, my spiritual side. Um, to, to give you a little bit of background about, uh, you know, myself is, yeah, so I didn't grow up in a, you know, in a Christian environment, and uh, I grew up in a uh, non-religious environment, um, and really kind of, um, you know, went through a lot of typical adolescent issues, you know, with bullying and uh, being bullied and um you know really feeling really lost and um you know i kind of um really got uh you know put into a lot of different directions i thought you know being popular might make me fulfilled or happy but that i never became popular but (laughs) that you know that that didn't you're popular now (laughs) i'm okay now but that didn't get me you know uh, feeling fulfilled and same thing with um you know, my friendships and even my family, um, you know, there was never that, there was always a feeling of emptiness. And then, um, you know, I started uh, uh, being a real estate agent in 2006 and um, did really well. I uh, was really uh, sold a lot of properties, you know, through a lot of struggles and hardships, but um, sold a lot of properties. And I founded a company in 2013 called Oakwind Realty, um, which is a Vancouver based uh, real estate brokerage. And, um, you know, I think the stuff that I learned um, from, you know, being, um, you know, being Christian and learning um, about all the concepts of God has really shaped, um, uh, you know, my, you know, really being the center of my way of life from 2013 on. And it's given me a lot of fulfillment. And, you know, it's something that um, I struggled with really sharing with other people. And I felt that this may be a great medium to be able to share um, you know, my love of God and also my, uh, and how it impacts me, um, in my day-to-day life. And we just want everyone that's listening to this podcast to, um, have really, um, to, to make, to make, uh, their spiritual side a big part of their everyday life, not just something that's practiced on a Sunday. And I learned that, um, you can apply a lot of the principles in the Bible and also in a lot of other, uh, philosophies that are influenced by the Bible, to be able to um, uh, to to go far places in 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 business and in in life, so um, and to gain fulfillment, which I feel like a lot of people um, struggle with, right? Would you say so, Josh? What do you think about like you know you you mentioned just earlier when we were doing our brainstorm session about like people feeling emptiness? Are you are you or you know feeling like that? What do you think about that? Um. <clears throat> I think, yeah, there's a huge, um, people are looking for like purpose mm-hmm. and they find it in whether in their work or their relationships and all that stuff. So, and then like you said, like if, if like when they finally get there, they realize, oh, like that hole's still there. Yeah. So I think, I think, um, yeah, it's important people to know and understand, to have this faith element mm-hmm. where that kind of transcends beyond the physical. Right. And, um, yeah, so I think there's there's a lot and there's a lot of things out there, but it's it's interesting as I'm sharing with other people, 
um, they're still looking. Mm -hmm. and, and so there's, there's um, yeah, big hunger out, out there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, you have people that uh, you've been talking to that have felt that kind of emptiness, right? That you've been well, I think, yeah. I think that searching for meaning is universal, right. regardless of your Christian faith or whatever faith. I think um, it, there's this guy named Martin Seligman. He's like a psychotherapist, mm -hmm. but he was the leader of the American Psychological Association. And then he actually got a million dollar grant from the Mellon Carnegie Foundation to write a book on like happiness. So write a book on happiness. And then he got a million dollars. Mm -hmm. And then he wanted, I mean, he's trying to get people out of depression. So he's like, I, I need to find like the holy grail of like, mm -hmm. and he's not a Christian. He's just. Is an academic wanting to he so he searched all over the world and uh, and then he wrote a book and then and then after he wrote the book he said don't read this book this book is crap really yeah he said don't read this book mm. and he said I I I don't want people to read this book he called it happiness mm -hmm. and he said that's that's not even the right right title there is no such thing as happiness it's mm -hmm. well being so he wrote another book called how to be well mm. like as a human being because when you're when you're talking about happiness, it's very nebulous. Like, are you feeling happy or unhappy? And people mm -hmm. feel unhappy every day. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you're unhappy? Like your life sucks? It doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that you're just ruled by your emotions, not really mm -hmm. with understanding, like, how do I become well? Like, if you're not eating a balanced diet, you're not well. But you know, I have to eat a balanced diet, and mm -hmm. I feel well. But mentally, it's the same thing. So that's what he wrote another book called Flourish. F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H, flourish. Mm -hmm. And he has five basic tenets, which is there's five elements he's discovered throughout the world that's universal to make people, um, to not make, but to give them a sense of like well-being. Mm -hmm. Number one is uh, like pleasure. So everybody needs some kind of pleasure. Food, like TV, or whatever, mm -hmm. golf, or whatever you do. That's not work. Then you need flow, which is like your skill set. Like, you know, that Martin, uh, uh, like, what is that guy? Meet me high. Like uh, Gladwell. What's that guy? Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. He's yeah. a 10,000 hour skill set. Right. You, you become mastery. an expert. Yeah. So yeah. that mastery of something. Mm -hmm. So you work at something for four hours and it seems like 10 minutes because you're trying to get better at it. Mm -hmm. Like Michael Jordan just shooting 10,000 shots a right. day. So that's called flow, right? So there's pleasure, flow, and there's relationships. So if you're, your relationships suck and you're constantly fighting with people, your friends, you don't have mm -hmm. any friends, close friends, you have 10,000 Facebook friends, but you got no real friends you can call at 2 yeah. in the morning, then you don't have really, really uh, re real connections. So mm -hmm. therefore, you're lacking that. Right. Whether you need some achievement. So you want to pursue something. You want to get to, like you want to achieve a goal. You want goals. Like Michael's always achieving, right? Michael, oh. as long as I'm known this guy, <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take over the world. I'm gonna take over. Like he's always thinking, like I gotta do something. I gotta. Right. So that's he's in high. He, he sounds pretty annoying. <laughs> no, 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 I, I admire that. I admire people who are go getters and get things done. Right. Like even this podcast, he's like, let's do it. That was like two weeks ago. And now we're doing. It. <laughs> but the last oh, thing, last thing is uh, meaning. Meaning. Yeah, some kind of like they have to put meaning to what they're doing. Right. Like whatever, like especially their flow or their work or their skill set or their accomplishment, there has to be some attachment of meaning or there's a, there's an emptiness. Something is missing. Something is missing from your life. Mm -hmm. 
And that's not a Christian perspective. That's a universal perspective. Mm. And so I think the whole world is looking for some kind of meaning. Right. And for somebody that says, I just want to live and I don't care about any, any of that. I just want to live day to day. Uh, I, I don't know. That might be true for you. But in my experience, invariably, even people I coach, invariably, uh, they will come down to like, who am I? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why am I good at this? Right. What is my work? What is the meaning of my job? Things like that. So I think you're right, Josh. It's like at the end of the day, that's what people are searching for, like deep meaning and attaching that to their work, mm-hmm. to their flow or their skill sets. Yeah, because there's been like this, um, like kind of a segregation of, of you know, work and, you know, um, you're, like I, I find, you know, it, it's very difficult for um, you to kind of incorporate your spiritual side into your, you know, it's like two halves of a coin. It's not like one, like, uh, you know, you're almost like wearing different hats in, in a sense. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with that. So like, um, you know, when we talk about meaning and vocation or your flow or the things that you're kind of, you know, and trying to incorporate it in, in one. So there's less, um, Priya and I talk about this all the time, my, my fiance. So it's like, um, like, you know, trying to avoid these dualities that, you know, that are, you know, within all of us um, and trying to just, you know, um, trying to this, you know, being very, very much uh, like um, genuine and authentic in, in those ways. And I think, you know, searching for meaning, um, that's a big part of, um, you know, I think once we... Uh, you know, once you hit kind of your necessities and you kind of meet your basic needs, I think that that's a, you know, and that's a struggle to do nowadays for sure. But once you kind of hit that side of it, there's, you know, there's that search for meaning. So what is that, you know, how does that, how have you seen people um, translate that uh, in, in, you know, associate meaning? Do they do it? Like, how do you see people doing that? I actually haven't seen people do it well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be sure. honest with you, right. they're, they're always struggling. Like, how do I? And so I've worked with a lot of Christians. So they're like, most of the time, how do I inject God into my work? Mm-hmm. How do I put Jesus into my work is the question, right. like the over, overarching question and okay. the motivation or whatever. But at the end, I always tell them at the end of the day, um, God blesses your work, period. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to inject anything. Like, God blesses work. Like, God God worked mm-hmm. when he created, like, you know, the Genesis narrative. Mm-hmm. Six days he worked. Right. And then he worked the hardest to create us. Right. So, mm-hmm. I think, and then all of Proverbs is about work. Mm-hmm. So, there's beauty in work. So, Feeling, I think a lot of Christians feel guilty for like, oh, I didn't say anything about Jesus today. I didn't mm. pray today. I didn't like read my Bible today. I just worked. And uh, I would say, well, I think your father or God is extremely pleased because you were, you're doing what you're designed for. Mm-hmm. Number one. So I, I've told my kids that from the moment they were like able to understand me, like you're going to work. And it's, it's great that you work and you're mm-hmm. designed to work as imago day. We're in the image of God, right? But the problem is, we, I, you don't want to toil. Mm. 
So like in Genesis, God worked and Adam and Eve were supposed to work right. the land, expand, right? And then after they sinned, obviously, the work actually was the same, but it was toiling. Hmm. Toiling is like heavy burden and labor, hmm. right? Burnt out. So I've actually encountered many, many Christians who are burnt out. And people, non-Christians, everybody's burnt out, to be honest. Mm. And it's because they're toiling. That's work without God. Mm. So that's the difference for me. So when I work, I work hard. Uh, sometimes my kids are like, you overwork. Mm. No, I, I work as much as I'm supposed to work, but I sleep. That's how I know I'm not toiling. Because I did everything I'm supposed to do love my wife, mm -hmm. take care of my children, do what I'm supposed to do, provide food for the table, do the best that I can with the time that allotted to me, mm -hmm. and then I submit it to God. You're going to have to actually take this and multiply it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I, I can't do any more than this. So people ask me, like, how did you land this job? How did you land this job? No, I just did what I was supposed to do, and I allow God to open those doors. Or like, even when I'm teaching, sometimes I'm like, Man, this is a lot of work, a lot of classes. I do the best I can, and then, well, my classes keep getting filled, so I must be doing a good job. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not toiling. I'm not worried about it. Right. right. So, so is that the difference between work and toiling? So, like, so work is a good thing, as obviously from, you know, from what you mentioned in Genesis. But then you talk about this concept of toiling. Now, how do you know when you're working, when you're toiling? Well, for me, I yeah. mean, I know that I'm toiling because toiling is work without God. Mm -hmm. So God is in God blesses your work and he wants you to succeed. Mm -hmm. He wants you to prosper. He wants right. he doesn't want you to suffer. Right? So that's my that what that's what aches me. I don't want my children if God is our father, I don't want my children to suffer in their work. I want them to enjoy their work. Mm -hmm. But I the enjoyment gets sapped out when you're worried about your work. Yeah. When you're worried like you're going to get fired. Your business is going to go down. Mm -hmm. and when you're worried that you're not going to get promoted because Toiling is everything is in your hands. Like you're right. controlling everything because there's no God in your life. Mm -hmm. Right? So I, I also, when I coach people, I say the same thing. You're toiling and you're living in a state of like controlling your whole life. And control is an illusion. Right. COVID-19 should tell us we have no control. Mm -hmm. Everybody out there should, hello. If the illusion has been like unmasked we have no control people mm -hmm. <laughs> like at any moment the world can shut down so like any moment we can get sick and we can mm -hmm. like the world is, this is called flux and transformation flux mm -hmm. is just it happens to us like the weather we can't control right. it but only thing we can do is to be transformed by it right so i think end of the day for me because i have god mm -hmm. i surrender it doesn't mean I'm lazy. I sit on the couch and I expect him. To, that's entitlement. I don't want him to like do everything right. for me. I he wants me to do my part, mm -hmm. and then I just submit it. Yeah, like the like the old the old uh, olden days of farmers. I just yeah. put the seed in there, and then have you and, ever, and it's up to you, man. I mean, I I did what I I'm supposed to. Do. Now it's your yeah. turn. Have you ever felt let down by God before? Yes, of course. As a human being, I think I've lived. This is my 49th year of my life. And I've, uh, there's always that feeling of like, where are you? But that's when I think it's a plus and a negative that I'm mid middle age now. Because mm -hmm. when I was younger, my disappointment level was 
heightened because okay. I didn't have the perspective of 49 years. Mm. But as I lived 49 years, I have the, I have like history mm-hmm. that uh, even in my disappointments, somehow, even all the questions are not answered, um, somehow he's like done it so many times. He's pulled me out. Mm-hmm. Or he's like surprised me with certain avenues. And, yeah. Um, when were you, when, like, can you give an example of when you were let down? I don't know. I, 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 I. <laughs> straight, straight, <laughs> straight to the question. Deeper questions. you know, this is potting. <laughs> you don't have to answer if, you, if you're not. Well, I think last year when my father died, it was a big yeah. letdown. Mm-hmm. When my father died, um, actually, it's around this time um, I, th- I discovered that he was really sick. He mm-hmm. lost like 40 pounds. Yeah. And he looked sick. Like, you can tell when somebody has cancer. And I've been around, I've prayed for a lot of people, and I could tell he had cancer. Mm-hmm. And then, sure enough, first week of July, they sent him to emergency, and then CT scan, I was in the emergency room, and the doctor mm-hmm. said, you know, your cancer is spread everywhere. So f- stage four, and after three and a half weeks, he died. Mm-hmm. August 9th. So that's like a year ago, right? Yeah. And that Over stressed me out yeah. pretty bad. I mean, I mean, I prayed, and I'm, I mean... I prayed and I just wanted God to do a miracle, and but you know he, he did not. Uh, at the end of the day, I do believe he's in a better place, but there's not a day that I don't miss him. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's a big disappointment in God. Uh, like also because I'm a, I've I've given my life to serve him, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like that transactional. Come on, <laughs> right. dude. Come on, man. I could have. I wanted to go to law school. I could have made a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not the smartest guy, but I think I'm capable enough to not worry. But I've suffered a lot in terms of ministry. And my wife said, "Don't say things like that." But I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not easy being a pat quote unquote pastor in this city. But mm-hmm. uh, you know. Is but, there anything but, that you like? Is there anything you that was left unsaid between you and your dad, or did you were you able to? No, no. I, I think one of the blessings was that he actually there's a lot of healing and reconciliation, and I think when somebody's dying, they don't want to leave anything on the table. So right, man. He said he said he apologized to me more than once and mm. with tears. I've never seen him cry before. Mm. So he's a lieutenant colonel. That's three roses, right? Mm-hmm. Three roses means one more promotion he's one star general mm-hmm. so he had a lot of authority mm-hmm. a cool thing is that august 9 when he died uh the abbotsford air show was happening so right. jets were flying over mm-hmm. like almost like mm-hmm. saluting him it was amazing but um no no i didn't have anything unsaid was the his service and the military no no, no 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 like he didn't want it he didn't even want a service okay He's a very quiet, yeah. humble man. He's oh. just, just cremate me and put me in the ocean or something like okay. that. I'm like, <laughs> right. okay. Well, okay, was Dad. was that a big part of his identity? Being like he was in the military, or was he in the? Yeah. Well, I think his identity is that he was a lieutenant colonel, right? He had a lot of authority, yeah, and power. He actually was one of the envoy of envoy from Korea to find 
to go to Texas Instruments in mm-hmm. the United States. He was mm-hmm. on USA Today, actually, mm. the newspaper, uh, to China and Japan to right. bring Cobalt computer systems. That's mm-hmm. the old school before SAP. Yeah. To Korea Air Force. Wow. So he, he had was, a lot of responsibility then. Oh, yeah. He is, he is an officer yeah. and high up there. And that's why he was able to move to Canada. And mm-hmm. uh, he actually uh, quit the Air Force because he didn't want to be a general. He didn't want to mm. be stuck in the military. Mm. And he, uh, he came to Toronto to start a new life for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm an only child. Right. Yeah. But I, I mean, perspective-wise, at the end of the day, uh, I think the blessings overshadow the mysteries. Mm-hmm. So some some mysteries I'll never figure out, like why that happened, why mm-hmm. all of a sudden he was healthy and yeah. all of a sudden he died. Mm-hmm. I'll never figure out those mysteries. Right. Uh, some are left as mysteries because God is mysterious. Mm-hmm. That has to be part of his nature. We can't figure it yeah, out. Yeah, why is God mysterious? Like, Why isn't he just like, aha, I'm here. What a question. <laughs> yeah. Because he's God. I think our finite minds cannot define him. So that ha- you have to leave room for his infinite nature, his like mm-hmm. un- in- un- uh, incomprehensible qualities. Mm-hmm. There's some things we cannot. Otherwise, if you figure him out, then we become God. Mm-hmm. So therefore, there's parts about him we do not understand. Uh, there's parts about his plans and understandings that we cannot understand. So therefore, to want to understand is futile mm-hmm. but we can lament so one of my favorite books in the bible is lamentations which is like god why right <laughs> but why did you do this so <laughs> god allows that he doesn't chastise us for being insolent mm-hmm. he allows that but yet lamentations at the end always ends with but god you are god right so i always end up with that mm-hmm. it might take me months weeks a year yeah and I, I'm at a point right now, it's like, but you are God. Mm-hmm. I am not. And at the end of the day, you know what you're doing. I don't. Right. So I don't want to live a life without God. Mm-hmm. I don't want to toil. I don't want to control my life. That's too much burden. Mm. It's, I, don't, I don't want that. I don't want to control right. my kids. I don't want to control my wife. I don't want to be worried about my kids like not mm-hmm. being protected. I don't want to worry about any of that. I yeah. want to do what I'm supposed to do as a good steward. And then let God do his job mm-hmm. and let the mysteries be mysteries and whatever happens, happens. Like, mm. I think that's a better way, stress-free way to live, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of new Christians have a, um, like, like a, I guess a hard time having that, those like lamentations and like, Oh God, you disappointed me here. Or God, you like you, um, why didn't you make this happen for me? Or why didn't you like, and I, I found that it was really difficult to have those. And, you know, when you read stories of the Bible over and over again, a lot of people disagree with God and ask him, um, you know, for, you know, like, um, you know, you know, just even debate him sometimes. And I don't know if that's just human nature or, but I actually find as a, like as a new Christian, it's very dif- uh, difficult to be able to kind of like, um, it's always just like, oh, you know, I'm grateful for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. And uh, yeah, see ya. <laughs> so, 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 you know, and I think that that maybe have uh, like a part to do with, um, um, I don't know. I, I don't know where that, I don't know. That's just me. I don't know if you've heard that from other Christians, but like when you're telling me kind of like lamentations and why I'm like, man, I never have those conversations with God. It's always just like, thanks for all the, 
this and that and yeah so what about you josh do you have any lamenting i did yeah, yeah. for sure well i i think to answer to that or not or to add to that is uh i think it's it's part of the reason is like what you're exposed to right, right. in terms of your um knowledge and reading and learning from mm -hmm. the bible and and having having a relationship with god mm -hmm. um and also the lens that you understand and read the bible right because if we because our, our culture is very like quick fix right mm -hmm. and if things go wrong then we expect an answer sure so um i think yeah learning so for me i've gone through a lot of like struggle mm -hmm. and yeah like it was a season where i really realized that okay i have to like embrace it and i think once i embraced it then it's yeah it's like you uh, uh those verses like lamentations and um ecclesiastes was like actually really comforting for me mm -hmm. um just like and going through this season of like meaninglessness or vanity and chasing mm -hmm. of the wind um like i think you eventually have to get to that point mm. but um yeah it's it's not a popular thing i think that's why right most people I only don't. like what's popular yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not popular i'm not interested <laughs> the favor and the love of god and that's yeah. good that's all like right. good like foundational stuff yeah. but then yeah i think to to dive deeper into all those mm -hmm. other uh not so popular topics is, yeah. is important so so you know i just want to like we kind of went through a lot of different things we talked kind of about uh, you know five principles of you know uh, happiness print we're not happy well-being principles i think that those are really actually quite profound um, and we talked about this flow state right um, and that's mentioned in a lot of different books. Uh, I'm just reading a book right now. These are secular books, but I'm reading a book right now, which talks about uh, flow state and like how to attain those things. And it's through, you know, working at something that you love, like, like what uh, Steve was saying with, you know, not toiling, but actually working with something that you enjoy uh, over and over and over again, where three hours feels like 10 minutes type of situation. So like, you know, what, like, how do we discover what we kind of like, you know, what can either bring us into that flow? Like, is there a certain practice that you have to bring you into a flow state? Or is it something that, um, you know, just happens in, in time, just like going through, um, you know, a practice in, in work? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I can, I can only answer in the sense of like, I, how I tell my kids. Okay. What I advise, how I advise my, they're old, uh, old enough now. They're like asking these questions, like, what right. am I supposed to do? What am I gifted at? Like, what, are, what is my flow? Or they don't use the word flow. Like, mm -hmm. What is my gifting? What is my, and I, I, I said, my, I think for my wife and I, it's always been like patience mm -hmm. because it's like unveiling. Like you got to work at live life and try things to discover. Mm -hmm. I think if you're in a hurry, then you actually make wrong decisions. So I think a lot of people try to find their gifting, quote unquote, giftings, mm -hmm. because they're in a hurry to make money, establish mm -hmm. themselves. And then they get stuck. So they have like changes. I think the average person changes careers two or three times. Oh, yeah. I think more than that nowadays. Yeah. 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 A lot of people are changing. Yeah. Like feels like they say it's pivoting but it feels like they're just scattering from here and there <laughs> well, i would say making yeah. money is not flow hmm. i think making money is a like a, a byproduct of your flow mm -hmm. doing something that you're created for mm -hmm. so i do believe we are genetic we are spiritually and genetically created for something hmm. 
you know, like, it's really amazing, the Genesis narrative. I'm just going to go back to the Bible. I used to be yeah. an ex-pastor. So yeah. It's a habit. That's good. But, like, in Genesis, it's that God, God said, right? He said mountains. He said the universe. He created the universe with the word universe mm-hmm. come forth and happened. The sea come forth, animals, word. It's like mm-hmm. effortless. But when it comes to creating man, the like the the like the height of his creation, mm-hmm. he like got down on his knees and he worked. Mm-hmm. Like he actually got got his hands dirty in the mud mm-hmm. to create us. That means that we are actually he worked to create us. Mm-hmm. Uh, even greater work, like he he labored mm-hmm. to make us. That means we are the height of creation. Mm-hmm. So in that creation, he has obviously put some genetic codes, spiritual DNA, mm-hmm. giftings, uh, something inside of us. But I think through our lives, all those things get covered up by uh, discouragement, mm-hmm. uh, lack of empowerment, lack of resources, skill sets. And I go to Africa and I work with uh, young students there. Right. And they have mass amount of potential, but they don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, their highest goal is to make money to eat mm-hmm. some of them right so i think i'm sponsoring a student right now like he doesn't have mm-hmm. money to eat he just has money for tuition so right. he'll go without eating to go to school mm-hmm. just to make money wow. just to make money in the future mm-hmm. so i think what we're trying to what i'm trying to do and with my kids too is always been like don't worry about what you're going to do always think about who you are discover that mm-hmm. like if you get a degree and you don't like it go get another degree mm-hmm. or don't get a degree right <laughs> discover who you are like how you're created more than education expertise like figure out like your gift set so one of the mm-hmm. reasons i do things like this i speak in front of people or do podcasts because i discovered that my greatest gift is my mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you, know, do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? My right. wife says, your gift and your curse is also your mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, so I just go wherever I can use my mouth. Vocation is just the platform. That's why in the Latin vocation, Latin word is vox, which is your voice. Mm-hmm. So it's just a platform to show your gift set. Gift set. So right. you can actually do it anywhere. You can podcast, teaching. Mm-hmm. As long as it's like, Something you are genetically created for. Now, it took me mm-hmm. a long time to figure that out. Right. But that's exploration too, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I figured it out so I can not waste time in doing other things. For sure. You know, I think it's really interesting. There's um, And there's different methods to kind of trying to do a bit of self-discovery mm-hmm. and trying to understand and uncover kind of like, you know, uh, Steve was saying like that the genetic code, like what are you kind of intended for? Like if you were built, like if God made you like out of, the mud like how did he make him what for what potential purpose and a lot of that does get covered with um you know uh, different types of pressure or you know other types of things or influences and stuff like that uh from this world so uh, it's really interesting there's like uh i got an email from this um 18 year old kid and um he he's like just out of high school he didn't know doesn't know what he wants to do he thinks he wants to be a real estate agent um and he listened to my podcast and he's like i i just want to like you know maybe like 
shadow you. So I didn't respond to his email for a few days. And then he texted me and he's like, he's like, I want to like just shadow you. I want to like understand what it is to be an agent. And he might be my daughter's friend. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. No, on a serious oh, really? level. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. Um, I don't want to say his name because I don't want to, you know, pretend just because I haven't got his permission yet. Um, and so, you know, it was, you know, and I think he's on that, like, so he's on that self-reflection mode right now. And so, you know, so he, te he texted me. He's like, I listened to your podcast. You said you like text better than email. So I'm texting, you now. <laughs> and, and then so I actually responded to his text and we had a meeting. I, you know, um, I have this thing. I don't know why I do this, but then for like any kind of work stuff, I like to set my appointments very early in the morning because I want to see how people are early like to see how like especially young like young people if they want to if someone wants to sell me something i always ask them to call me earlier before they have to go to work so what time do you normally start and they'll say like eight <laughs> o'clock i'm like oh let's meet at 7 30 <laughs> <laughs> always i don't know why i do that um it's just but that's like the you know so i asked him to like what time do you normally get up he's like nine i'm like okay let's meet at eight and so we met at eight o'clock and you know, he, I was just talking to him about what he wants to do. And, you know, he, like, it was really like kind of loose and kind of feeling a bit like, I don't know what to do. And I said, you know, I think you really need to specifically like write down and do some journaling or something like that and try to try to understand what you really want to learn and then take some time to think about that. And so he went and did that. And obviously between every time our engagement, are, I, I've, I've been praying for him. Um, uh, but like, okay, what is this? What what is like this guy all about? <laughs> like, what is he, and why am I here? And why does he want to talk to me? And I don't know. Maybe he's your daughter's friend. I don't know. But um, so he's interned for with us for the last couple days, um, and you know, I in between some of my appointments, and he's kind of been shattering me a little bit. And in between some of my appointments, they've just been kind of interjecting little things. But I always have a little bit of a you know, prayer before I'm like, okay, what is, what are we supposed to, like, why am I here for, um, this, uh, this individual? And, you know, I think, um, he's really into videos and learning about business and, you know, like, you know, like sales scripts and lead gen, like this real, um, kind of salesy type of stuff. And, um, so he kind of really, like, even when he wrote the list of things he wanted to learn, it was really like, sales oriented but i kind of i i you know thought about it and i prayed about it and I, I was like you know he needs to discover himself more and also like learn a set of values like a, a really strong set of like core like his own personal values and what he's gonna stand for so uh we kind of and so like we talked about that yesterday and today and it was really interesting because you know I think it's a very hard concept to grasp, you know, especially for a young 18 year old guy. Right. And when you, you know, you're sharing with your son and daughter, these like, Hey, you got to discover yourself. And I think that's really tough to kind of like, where do I start? How do I start? And so how did someone start that discovery? Like, and like, if we were like in that position, how would we start that discovery process? I feel like that's like the perfect place to start is to shadow someone because mm. you're 18. That's kind of like the, the age where you're still formulating like those values. And then when you're in like your thirties or something, it's, it gets tested in another mm -hmm. way. Right. But 
it's like there, there's no shape there's no mold so to like mm -hmm. follow a structure is a good way to start mm. yeah but yeah yeah well I, i think god designed it so that the family unit i think I think Israel was like a t nation, tribe, 12 tribes, clans. Mm -hmm. And then it said father's house. And then in the father's house, there's like releasing of destiny mm. and future. So I have a messianic friend. Um, he's a rabbi, but he's Christian rabbi. Mm. So he converted, but he still wanted to keep his all his Jewish roots, which is awesome because mm -hmm. we need that. It's It's, it's like we that's his first half mm. get the second half right right but i think he was telling me about his uh sabbat dinners sabbath dinners mm -hmm. and uh he said he would on fridays and then his father would get up and then he would get them to all rise and then he would put his hand on their heads and then talk about their futures what his father sees in them mm. not about their job like this is who you are this is mm -hmm. what you're good at You know, his name was Jason. So, Jason, you were this. Like, every, imagine mm. your father Powerful. doing that every Friday. <laughs> right. So, but, and then, you know, I know that uh, when I speak like that to my kids, they love it. Even now, they mm -hmm. still, it's the same thing. I've been telling this since they're nine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's something about, like, this connection between, like, inwardly, something has to come alive. So, mm -hmm. it's like lightning hitting the sand to make glass or whatever mm -hmm. so it's like the words you know there's power in words mm -hmm. and then when uh when the person agrees there's a connection right and so that's what the bible says there's power uh, there's power of life and death in your tongue mm -hmm. so if you're if you've been uh conditioned or had a uh, had a family life where you've been uh like I, less, less than encouraging words about who right. you are like uh like motivating you in the opposite direction yeah <laughs> right right but i think i think if you that's a nice way of putting it yeah <laughs> well i know a lot of i know my parents try to do that too it's like the asian way right yeah well you're they're gonna get all prideful so why did you do it that way why did yeah. you get a 95 why did you you know right. it's like reverse motivation i'm like yeah. it never works actually it decreases They mm. might become skilled, mm. but it actually lessens their identity, and they're actually lost. Mm. Who am I, other than like performing? Mm -hmm. Like I'm just performing. Mm -hmm. I, all I'm good at is like working hard and performing. Mm -hmm. Your value is in performance. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it has to come from within. Like self confidence mm -hmm. comes from God confidence mm -hmm. that God has put something inside of you, but that also comes from like human agents fathers right co coaches mentors pastors that speak life into people and empower them mm -hmm. and i think that it is very important so i would say even for your work like oakwin mm -hmm. right as you as the leader as the as the boss or as the leader or as the father figure or whatever you want that's to call weird your, to think <laughs> whatever you want to call it the founder right mm -hmm. i would say Uh, yeah, there's times of correction and discipline, but I try to use the 80-20 rule. Hmm. I try to, I, I, even with my children or people I work with, even my students, 80% of the time is encouragement. Right. Lavishing them with, whenever I notice something, I'm like, oh, you're good at that. Hmm. I'll tell my students that. Like they're not, most of them are international students. They're not Christian. They're from China. Hmm. So I'll say, they've never had this experience. I'm like, 
you're very, you are, wow, you're amazing at that. And they don't know how to respond because they never <laughs> had that experience before. Right. But that creates a culture where they're actually, creates a, something, it, I, can, I can see in their eyes, something is like sparking. Mm. And then later on, like they want to take pictures with you, right? They start bringing you food. That's mm. a sign of affection. <laughs> they start bringing you Chinese snacks. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like it brings people alive. And yeah. then you earn the right to speak into people's lives because you know that they know that you believe in them. Mm. You see something in them. You don't just go in with the, you need to fix this, you need to fix that. Right. And actually, you have to earn trust by laying a foundation of like releasing destiny and future and what you see. So you got to have like, eyes to see mm -hmm. what people uh especially young people yeah they're dying they're dying michael that guy, that? that guy is yeah. that guy came to you not because he wants a job he's dying for validation mm. he's dying for somebody to say yes but he's he's mixed up he thinks like performing making money mm -hmm. probably or something like that is gonna like earn him this like glamorous more reputation it's just like a vicious circle more reputation more mm -hmm. money more it never goes anywhere but mm -hmm. at the end of the day he's just dying for some validation some kind of identity some kind of like someone to believe in him mm. and he may not be a, a real estate agent in the future but uh, something to unleash like some of your giftings you're good at this you're actually mm -hmm. designed like i i tell my daughter oh you're really you have a really good way of like arguing because she's always correcting me <laughs> and i try to frame it in a way like you would make an amazing advocate for somebody like united nations right. lawyer and she's like no dad i like science but i'm like i'm like well i just want to tell you you're a great leader you have amazing advocacy and mm -hmm. you stand up for things and uh, and i've been saying things like that to my children right. since they were younger so mm -hmm. it gives them a sense of like I would say my children are pretty relaxed. Mm. Mm. You know, like they're just, they're not the perfect kids, but they're, right. they're pretty relaxed. I would say they're not high strung, almost too relaxed in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> Do you find like, you know, because obviously all of us work with young people, like, you know, Josh works with young people, uh, you know, Steve, you work with a lot of young people. I work with lots of young people. Um, yeah, a lot of them feel, um, you know, very like i it, it's a lot of feel like really high strung and stressed out and kind of like things so, yeah you're sensing yeah. that yeah you know i i have i don't know if it's just like you know in this kind of desert season we're in after covid and where a lot of shifts and changes are happening but even like before that you know um yeah just i think there's a well i find that a lot of people and just my trend of working with a lot of young people is that they tend to like overanalyze and overthink everything um to the point of like inact inaction and inactivity and they're always just kind of in their own minds and then like four hours goes by i'm like you know you could have made like a lot of calls in those four hours but you know instead you were like researching to make the perfect call or whatever that looks like and um you know maybe having those like those types of words builds confidence i don't know like i i don't feel like like did you have those words growing up no right from my parents yeah uh, my mother, yes. That's good. My dad was the opposite. Right. He was more the discipl disciplinarian, but I, I did have my mother uh, boosting me up a lot. Yeah, but what did she say? Over overdoing it, though. Oh, really? <laughs> what did she say? 
you're gonna change the world oh wow <laughs> you were like you're so special mm. yeah you know my mom my mom had a tumor in her uterus when she had me mm. so she was wow. supposed to abort me but she actually tells this story like I was in the hospital and I had these in my arm and then I just couldn't do it. And she wasn't a Christian or had any faith or whatever. Mm -hmm. She just said, I just couldn't, I'd rather die than not have a child. So I ran out of the hospital and the, just took my IVs off and ran out. Wow. And then wow. I just took my chances. And then she said, I sat up like straight up for like nine months because I couldn't lie down. Wow. wow. And, that, and then I was born 11 and a half pounds, C-section. So she said, you're special. You're going to do something great with your life. Mm -hmm. So, but then that was too much pressure. It actually has the reverse Did you feel effect. like it had a lot of, did you have a lot of pressure on you? Oh yeah, man. Even when I, like, yeah, just too much pressure. Even when I went into Christian ministry, that you're going to be the next Billy Graham. It's just too much. Mm. I think you can overdo it. Mm -hmm. I think you have to be very honest and authentic about what you think people are good at. And right. You don't want to blow them up like, a five foot, four foot nine, and say, You can do whatever you want. You can play in the NBA. Actually, right. no. Mm -hmm. My son wanted to play in the play volleyball university. I said, Well, let's see how tall you get. Yeah. If you're, if you stay at six feet, I, I don't know, maybe libero, but I mean, I don't know, son. Mm -hmm. How tall is he now? Six feet. Okay. <laughs> right. I said, You got to be at least six, eight, six, seven. That's <laughs> just kind of like, unless your vertical is like, obscene yeah you know but uh just have to be realistic about what people's gifts are and mm -hmm. and uh but it's interesting about you're talking about perfectionism but that's very rampant all over yeah um scared to make mistakes paralysis of analysis what do you think that comes from well do you have another hour it's been 50 minutes wow okay we'll go for another five <laughs> yeah well, I think perfectionist comes from what I, I think segue back to what I was talking about in the beginning. It's like life without God. Hmm. Uh, trying to control your life and not make mistakes because you think that making mistakes is going to ruin your life. Hmm. So I, the analogy I, I give a lot is I went on a cruise, sh sh I went on a cruise one day. I'm never going to go on a cruise again. I, I felt claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I saw the show with his peaking acrobat ac acrobats. Right. And they it was amazing. They were like she was this woman was balancing five I don't know, these buckets or something. Mm -hmm. Like and not buckets, uh barrels. Mm -hmm. So it was like balancing five and then there was another person on top. So she's balancing the barrels and then another person on top. So if the person at the top fell, it's over. Right. Crush. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. then I don't think they're gonna die, but like broken leg, something. Yeah. It's a major fail. There's no safety net. Right. And then I said, a lot of people live their lives like that. Like, like there's no safety net. Mm -hmm. it, it, their life is messed up. If you if you do make a mistake, then you get fired from a job. This, your life is over. It's not. It's not the peaking acrobats. Mm -hmm. I would I liken it to like circus. Mm -hmm. You know those people who are trapeze artists. Right. Or people who walk on the tightrope high up there is like scary. Mm -hmm. But then what is what is at the bottom? The safety net. Yeah. They like they they fall and you're like, oh, they're gonna die, but they don't die because mm -hmm. there's a safety net and just bounce right up and they just go do it again. Right. Right. So for me, I like to live my life like there's a safety net. Mm -hmm. God is my safety net. Mm. At the end of the day, 
even if I die, my faith tells me I'm going to go to heaven. But mm -hmm. that's the worst scenario. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, if I fall, I fail at something, I'm gonna, there's a safety net. I'm not going to die. My life is not ruined. Mm -hmm. It's a learning experience. Failure is an opportunity to learn right. and grow. And actually, I had talked to somebody yesterday about their business might go down because of COVID. I said, well, you never really liked that business. Remember you complained a lot about mm -hmm. it? My, maybe there's a great opportunity to discover yourself. Right. right? It's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why I quit ministry. And I had yeah. like two months of no money. Mm -hmm. But I have it's my safety net. I always know I'm going to bounce back. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, I got a random call from Toronto. Saw my sermon and said, I work for this billion-dollar company. Mm -hmm. I need a coach. You want to be my coach? It's like random. Somebody I haven't even talked to in 25 years. Wow. So you know what I said to that? Safety net. Right? Mm -hmm. And then I got another call. You want a job at Trinity? Oh, I don't have a PhD. I just have two masters. <laughs> yeah, two masters is fine. Two masters yeah. equals one PhD. So, and then I interviewed. I didn't think I would get the job. I got the job. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I didn't apply for these things. It came to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just have a. I just believe in the safety net because of the safety right. net. I don't. I just. I go for it. I just try it. Yeah. Like this podcast. Mm -hmm. My wife said. You should write down what you're going to say because what if you say something and it's going to be out there forever? <laughs> and I said, uh, it's, it's fine. I mean, how many <laughs> people are going to listen to this anyway? <laughs> but I, I feel like it's a safety net. Right. And even when I was preaching at church, people said, you're so free up there. You make mistakes, but you fumble with your words. And I mm -hmm. go, well, at the end of the day, I believe God's going to use it. I, I, I just feel free. Mm -hmm. I don't worry about making mistakes like that. I just feel like God is my safety net. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we call it providence or sovereignty or whatever, his faithfulness. Uh, for me, at the end of the day, I'm going to be all right. And that's what causes me to go for it. Mm -hmm. Try things. Yeah. Make a mistake, you'll be all right. I'm just going to be better 10 years from now. So that's the way I, the way I think, approach life. That's a great way of approaching things. And I think, you know, we're walking on a tightrope right now at this podcast. You know, we just mm -hmm. started it, <laughs> trying it. I, I don't think we hit the safety net. I think we're still on the. I think we're still on the tightrope, and that that's a really good thing. And I think, you know, uh, I want to leave us at that note because you know, you know, for those of you guys that are listening, there, you know, living in action, working and not toiling. We talked about meaning. We talked about a lot of uh, different topics. We brushed upon a lot, and um, you know, and that's what we're going to continue to do on this podcast. We're just going to, you know, lead by our uh, by the Spirit, God, where God leads us to to, to discuss different things. And I'm really excited for what uh, is in store. Um, so. If you like to, if you like this podcast, uh, rate it five out of five <laughs> and leave us a little review or sub or, and also subscribe. Um, also, you know, we were thinking about if you guys want to uh, have any, if you guys have any questions and you want to have answered by Steve or myself or by Josh, you can just email me at uh, Michael, that's M-I-C-H-A-L dot T as in Tony dot U-Y at gmail.com and uh, we'll ask the questions live on air uh on on not live i guess podcast or record mm -hmm. so um recorded on, on, on pod air. on air <laughs> uh and yeah we'll, we'll see you then next time so on behalf of steve and josh thanks for listening <laughs>